0: Welcome to episode 20 of Stomp the Stigma, the podcast aimed to fight the stigma surrounding mental health through education, awareness, experiences, stories, resources, and the vulnerable truth. Today's episode is part two of my conversation with Jesse Dolomont from JB Music Therapy. If you haven't heard part one, go back and listen to episode 19. Otherwise, enjoy the rest of our interview and our conversation about mental health and music therapy. I love that music can trigger certain parts of your brain. Like that, oh, that's so cool to me. So cool.
1: One of the other things that's so fascinating about music, there's this great documentary out there, um, starring Phil Collins, what is it called? <laughs> Here, I'll Google it right now. <laughs> Phil Collins music documentary. I should know this by now. A lifeless Ordinary, it looks like it's called. Um, and uh, in this documentary, uh, you know, they look at him while he's in a, he's getting his brain scanned and he's playing his instrument and they watch his brain light up. It's so beautiful. Um, but music is very much a full brain activity. So there are a yeah. few kind of core components, um, or components. That's not maybe the right word. There are a few key areas of the brain that are stimulated by music. Um, so we mentioned you know the amygdala and hippocampus um so your amygdala is the center of brain activity related to emotions connected with social contacts it responds to faces and sounds and music right uh your hippocampus is involved in musical memories and context right so uh you know your your hippocampus goes oh yeah that song is like from this specific place or this specific time in my life right um also involved in music processing is your prefrontal cortex so your executive functions and music can have both positive or negative influence on cognitive processes right again that's where a music therapist can be with you to assess and um and tweak you know what what uh what you're what kind of music you're using or um you know what's happening in the process uh to make sure that You know you're focused more on the positive side of uh impacting those processes your Mm -hmm. motor cortex of course is involved in music making and music music processing because you know you can't help but tap your foot (laughs) when your song comes on you know what i mean you gotta bob your head we have often these like almost involuntary responses to music and that's because our motor motor cortex goes "Ooh, rhythm our brain loves rhythm um corpus callosum which is the um it's the the part of the brain that connects the two hemispheres um and research tells us that it's actually thicker in musicians which is really interesting oh cool um and the reason for that is because music making sends a lot of signals between the two hemispheres of the brain across and through that corpus callosum. So it's strengthening, uh, that part of the brain, our sensory cortex is involved. It provides tactile feedback when we dance or when we play instruments, right. Or even when we feel the vibration, you know, when you're at a concert and the bass is like in your chest, Yeah. Um, so so nice for your sensory cortex or so terrible for your sensory cortex right it really depends on the person um your auditory cortex is sparked when listening to sounds of course and it perceives and analyzes tones um and then uh, you know your visual cortex um if you are a seeing person and again your auditory cortex if you are a hearing person um is stimulated when re- reading music watching others dance or making music um the cerebellum that base of your brain is larger in musicians and um constant movement to specific rhythms can stimulate nerve growth in this area research tells us which is so cool um we have a little infographic about this stuff and i can send it to you okay um but uh i mean we're just starting to understand you know how music affects the brain and you know we may not know we may not know in our lifetime, you know, um, just the depth of how, yeah. um, how the brain works, you know, um, or how music affects it. But you know what we do know so far is that music affects us <laughs> in a really meaningful way.
0: That is incredible! Oh my gosh, I think one of the, I guess stigmas around it around well arounding that's not even a word one of the stigmas around (laughs) um i guess music therapy is that people can listen to music at home on their own or play instruments or sing or dance or anything so um, my question is i guess what is the difference between somebody doing that at home by themselves versus what they would get out of a music therapy session?
1: Yeah, you know, the answer is the therapeutic relationship. Right. Um, yeah. and, and, the, and the different, um, the layers of expertise and intention that, that can come from that. And when I say expertise, I don't mean the expertise of the music therapist exclusively, because you are the expert. <laughs> when it comes to your feelings Mm -hmm. your preferences your experiences your memories and you bring those into therapy and the music therapist brings what they know and in the context of your therapeutic relationship and the bond that you two create you build different strategies plans you have different experiences all centered in the music that that support you know whatever it is that you need um and just like any other part of ourself you know perhaps there's more you can learn about your musical self perhaps there's more you can discover about your musical memories perhaps there are ways to optimize the use of music in your everyday life in your wellness routine um, in the ways that you express yourself in the ways that you connect with other people that in the context of a therapeutic relationship, you can work out what those are and identify them, right? Um, and no music therapist would ever tell you, well, don't dance around and listen to music at home. It's not as good as a music therapy. We know that that's not true. And we're, we're gonna be the first to tell you, yes, please put on your music, dance around, put on your, your road trip playlist and cruise, put on your, Put on your uh your fun dance playlist and and clean your house right i mean um and so in the context of a therapeutic relationship in music therapy you might you're gonna dig a little deeper um and you know i think the other thing too is you know you mentioned earlier well what about people who aren't necessarily musicians is music therapy is good for them you know maybe it's a chance to um <laughs> I, I can't even tell you the number of times I've given an instrument to a client and they've gone what am I supposed to do with this <laughs> like I don't play this or they laugh or they you know they get red and they, they yes. get a little uncomfortable <laughs> like oh I don't want to do this. this is super weird and um and you know we just play we play we play you, you, they might be a grown-up it doesn't matter we play we interact we and we do so without agenda without judgment right without like, oh, it has to be your sound a certain way. And, you know, the schools of thought around mindfulness, around play therapy, I mean, there are all kinds of creative expressive arts modalities, art therapy, drama therapy, um, play therapy, like there's just so much out there. Um, These different types of therapy that address all these different, you know, human experiences and ways that we express ourselves. But you know, that, that puts us in the moment right? It puts us in our body, it puts us in our feelings, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And you might not pick up a drum and play it alone, right? Um, Doing it with someone else and having that validation, having that reciprocity and that, again, that relationship and that connected musical experience, you know, can unlock different parts of you and and maybe things that you didn't know that you needed. Often improvisation is something we use, um, just to help relax the rigidity and, and help create, you know, a sense of flexibility and, uh, playfulness, you know, that everybody needs. Um, it's, those are things that can really contribute to building resilience, right. Um, and, and help folks kind of adapt and, and move through adverse experiences,
0: Absolutely. I think everyone is a kid at heart, but as adults, we don't always have the opportunity to express that or we don't have the time or the, the will to do that. And so, ah, I love this. I think everybody should try this.
1: And you know what else? We don't have, um, we feel like almost there's a stigma around, around playfulness as adults. Yeah. When did we lose permission to play? Exactly. When does that happen?
0: Yeah.
1: Um, it is. I'll watch folks, even in adolescence, right, where that instinct toward play starts to disappear. Um, and I don't know about you, but as an adolescent, I was like, I'm ready to be a grown up. Sign <laughs> me up. Yeah. <laughs> I was in a really big hurry. And um, sometimes when I'm interacting musically with adolescents, and we're just playing music for fun just the wide open body language and, and just the vibration vibrating with excitement and silliness and joy and spontaneous laughter. Um, you know, that is just so organic in childhood and, and watching that in adolescents and in adults and in folks who are experiencing really challenging times with their mental health, right? Those experiences where we've unlocked a moment of play or a moment of joy or a moment of silliness or something they just haven't tapped into in a while. Um, you know, it's like, ooh, 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 it's too silly, you know, oh, I better, you know, <laughs> and, and having your music therapist go, no chance, it's not too silly, yeah. you know? Um, you're right, there is this part of all of us that is that playful, silly kid um there is this part of us somewhere that receives ourselves and others without judgment and music is such a beautiful way to tap into that to remember that to explore that and to kind of you know like just be in the moment with other people um there's this um the odd time we'll do this exercise um uh, clients and I in a group and and uh my uh, Jennifer Buchanan who is the JB and JB Music Therapy uh, taught us this one as a team where you take a tone chime and you kind of throw the sound to each other and you point at someone with your chime so I would ring my chime at you and you would ring your chime at somebody else and you throw the sound around the room and the responses to that the laughter and the whoo and the the surprise and the like just just the absolute natural playfulness that comes out of that is always so yeah. beautiful to watch and you know, um, as adults, as folks who carry all kinds of, um, who are receiving a lot of different signals about what is acceptable, what is not, what is okay, what is not, how we ought to behave, um, having moments that liberate us from that or challenge that can be a really positive experience.
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: It also teaches us, you know, it might be uncomfortable for some folks. I mean, I've definitely seen some people cringe. (laughs) when handed an instrument and you know and so too discomfort is is part of life and moving through discomfort and sitting Mm -hmm. with discomfort and um, again all of these things that are you know a part of many therapeutic processes you know they 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 show up in music therapy and we just have different tools for accessing them and moving through them Mm -hmm. wow Mm -hmm.
0: so for I guess somebody that has never been to music therapy before, and I know this is also going to be like one of those blanket statements and it's different for everyone, but can you kind of describe what like a typical, I don't know if that's even possible, like a typical music therapy session would look like for somebody?
1: Again, you're so right. It's really going to depend on, you know, um, where we are, right? I mean, music therapy in the classroom looks different than in the hospital, looks different than... Um, in a one-to-one counselling-oriented music therapy session, right, where um, we're just we're one-to-one in a mental health setting, maybe, or in a community setting, um, looks different than a group home, looks different than a treatment centre for addictions. Um, but some of the things you'll expect across the board are that um, music therapists will take time to assess and understand your music preferences music therapists will take time to assess and understand, you know, who are the important people in your life? Um, mm-hmm. What is it important for us to know about you as we enter into relationship? Um, and music therapy sessions are, you know, they'll they'll include a mixture often of live and, you know, performed by the music therapist and the client, um, or or the music therapist or the client alone, whatever, live and pre-recorded music, uh, depending again on what your needs are, what your preferences are. Um, Music therapy sessions will always include some element of improvisation, some element of kind of spontaneous, you know, even if I'm playing, even if I'm playing, you know, a song that you know really well, um, and uh, I notice you doing something, Um, I'll go, um, Alana, I see you doing X, Y, Z, right? Or whatever. Um, You know, we might add our own lyrics about how you're feeling, right? Or um, what our plan is for that day. Um, Sometimes it'll be nonverbal validation or, you know, nonverbal improvisation kind of. You might go, shake, 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 and I might go... Right? Um, So just using music to kind of communicate and interact. um, And that kind of always happens in the spirit of improvisation. Um, You'll see music therapists incorporate songwriting, whether it's spontaneous or, uh, you know, just writing about how you feel that day or writing about something you notice in your environment. Um, I remember once writing a song with a kid in the hospital about these like pictures of animals on the wall to try and get them to focus on not, uh, they were getting a, a line put in. Um, so just to get them to focus elsewhere, right? Um, and so, yeah, there's that again, improvised, spontaneous, um, always kind of in the moment changes that a music therapist will uh, will use. Um, you'll often see instrument playing and, and instrument exploration, right? Um, playing an instrument doesn't always have to be, you know, the way it's meant to be played, right? Like Mm -hmm. I used to work with this kid who would flip the guitar like this and and that was cool, (laughs) you know? Um, And so exploring sound um, movement is, is always going to be part of a music therapy session, honestly. Um, Whether it's organized and guided and intentional or not. I mean, people are always going to move to the music a little bit, even if it's just with their breath. You know, uh, sometimes when music therapists are working in critical care in the ICU, um, we're working with patients who are sedated, who are intubated. We're still watching for physiolo- physiological responses. What's going on with your heart rate? What's going on with your respiratory rate? Watching the rise and fall of the wow. chest of the belly um, and and responding to that musically. So. I think the key characteristics of any music therapy session are going to be both live and pre-recorded music questions counseling yeah. questions you know interview personal interview questions getting to know you building relationship with you um knowing who you are and what's important to you you're going to see movement you're going to see um improvisation you're going to see emotional responses and processing those responses to music Emotional responses to music and processing those responses to music is is something that's going to happen in every music therapy session, whether it's um, you know using pictures of faces with kids to identify what it, which one is you, <laughs> let's play that feeling, or you know playing a feeling on an instrument, no words necessary, or listening to a piece of pre-recorded music that you love and going what is it about the song that you love. How does this song affect your mood? How does this song affect your energy level? You know, um, I'm noticing you singing along to this song. You know, every word. What, you know, does this song have a special meaning to you? Do you have a memory linked to this song? You know, And all of these things kind of help us build a roadmap. Um, And you know, these days, I think something that we're seeing more and more in music therapy sessions is playlist construction whether it's for client mm-hmm, use or yeah. therapist use, right? We're always keeping a record of like, what are the songs that come up in sessions that like, that land, right? Um, are you, maybe the client uses those songs at home and, and we work together on building playlists. But I mean, I've got playlists for most of my clients so that I always know, you know, like, what are our anchor songs? Um, what are the songs we come back to every time? Um, and, and what are the songs that, um, you know, help restore feelings of safety or calm or focus or, um, whatever our clients might need at different points.
0: Wow. That is so cool. I'm just, oh, I don't even know what to say. This is so cool.
1: I'm so, oh, it's so fun to talk about. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah, I think? I love this. it's so, it's so, oh, what a treat to share, um, about music therapy, mm-hmm. um, you know, especially here again, um, where uh, one of the most reducing stigma—not um, even reducing, but absolute, eradicating stigma—is super important. Yeah. Um, and and one of the ways that that happens is by, you know, folks developing vocabulary around mental health. Mm-hmm. And around hey what are my tools and strategies what works yeah. for me yeah what's out there for me um, and knowing I am not alone ever I am never ever alone and even if this treatment modality didn't work for me even if this experience wasn't the right one for me there are other things out there for you I mean mm-hmm. myself I've gone through lots of different kinds of therapy you know um, and and that's it it's it's about you know what what else is out there and figuring out different types of therapy might work better for you at different phases of your wellness journey of your healing journey of your recovery journey whatever whatever you your name is for that you know mm-hmm. um and you know for for health care providers for therapists for mental health professionals to um, have opportunities like this to engage with the public and and really break down, Hey, what we do, it's, it shouldn't be a mystery to you. Right. Yeah. It, it shouldn't be a mystery to you when you enter into therapy, what's going to happen to me <laughs> and what's this going to do to me, you know, yeah. um, it you should feel very much like you have a sense of agency and a sense of control and that you have choice. <laughs> um, and I know you know, that's something we talked about so much in my music therapy education. It's something that we talk about as a, as a team at JB Music Therapy, um, that I talk about with my colleagues all over the province all the time about agency, you know, um, music is such a beautiful way to give agency to folks because nobody plays an instrument like you. And we might all love the Beatles. (laughs) We might all love, uh, you know, whoever right? mm-hmm. as if I can't think of more bands than the Beatles right now uh, you know what I mean we might all love a certain song or a certain artist and and at the same time the experiences of, of music of songs, of artists, of lyric are so uniquely your own those are yours to feel and explore and express mm-hmm. um, And uh, and you get to decide when do you want to listen to your music you know you're in control of that. And these days, when we're not in control of much, yeah. <laughs> it might sound little, yeah. but it's something. Yeah. Right?
0: I was going to ask you about that. Um, have you seen a change in your work due to COVID? Like, have you had more interest or anything like that?
1: Oh, our, our work has been so affected by COVID in so many ways. Yeah. Um, and certainly. I mean, we've had to do a lot of shifting, pivoting, um, We where we provided exclusively, pretty much, in-person services. Right. We shifted almost exclusively to online. Um, and there were in-person sites where we've had to take breaks due to outbreaks, that kind of thing. Um, I think, though, there has been, what I've noticed the most, I think, is the ways that our existing therapeutic relationships our existing relationships with our community partners and the agencies that we serve um have just remained so strong through this and um that all parties on all sides you know the administrators and and support staff everybody that we work with to ensure that sessions continue to happen as well as our team of therapists Um, we're really committed to making sure that music therapy was continuing to happen how are we making it accessible Um, how are we making sure it's safe Um, all Mm -hmm. of these different things Um, and you know that's as much a testament to music therapy as an important part of people's treatment wellness plans, um, as well as, you know, like the importance of the therapeutic relationship. Right. Um, and, uh, we've, you know, I think we've seen a bit of an uptick in folks seeking services, um, for sure. And I don't have any stats around that. I, I mean, uh, at a company or provincial or uh, federal level, um, What I do know is that I think I at least have been really seeing a lot more initiatives like yours Mm -hmm. changes in the conversation around mental health um, and changes in the conversation around how do we make services for mental health the most accessible Um, and accessible isn't just a matter of can I get this or not (laughs) but do I even know it exists
0: yeah (laughs) yeah
1: and I will say that I do think the pandemic has made music therapy more accessible in that regard. Mm-hmm. I'm just, we're having all kinds of conversations with people that we've never had conversations with before. Exactly, like you, yeah. like, um, you know, folks from all over the place, from New York, from Toronto, from, you know, um, because we've all shifted to this online world, we have this like global community now. Yeah, um, And so I do that is something I think I could say for sure, that um, music therapy has become more accessible in that regard, and, and, it's, and it's my hope uh, that it continues to become more accessible. Mm-hmm. I
0: love that. I love that you can connect with so many more people. Well, I guess everybody can connect virtually with anybody around the world.
1: Yeah, it's, I mean, that's one of the benefits, and it's important to focus on those benefits wherever mm-hmm. we can find them. Right? Yeah. Um, Of course, this has been such a challenging time for the mental health of people everywhere. Yeah. Um,
0: So if somebody is interested in trying music therapy, how do they go about starting that? Or what is kind of involved in that process?
1: Just Google music therapy near me. (laughs) (laughs) What comes up? I don't know where you are, whoever you are listening. Um, There are associations. Um... At a lot of, um, you know, at the provincial level here in Canada, all the way across the board. Um, and there are national associations um, most everywhere in the world uh, supporting music therapists, uh, whether you're in Canada or the US or Europe. Um, there's also a World Federation of Music Therapy. Um, there are lots of agencies out there supporting music therapy initiatives like the Awesome Music Project, the Canadian Music Therapy Trust Fund, uh, Music Heals. Um, So there's all kinds of ways to learn more about music therapy, you know, what is it, where to find it, where do I get it specifically, Um, you can always reach out to us at JV Music Therapy, Um, we're here in Calgary, we're based in Calgary, Alberta, uh, Seven territory, um, and lots of the surrounding areas, and then from there, you know, it's a matter of connecting with the agency that you find that's going to be a good fit for you, the therapist that you find that's going to be a good fit for you, and determining, you know, what are your goals and what frequency would you need uh, therapy out? And, you know, not dissimilar to um, the process of seeking out any other type of therapy.
0: Is music therapy an insured or uh, reimbursable service?
1: Uh, you know what, that really depends on your plan. Okay. Um, and to be honest, I don't know enough about that to answer that question. Do I think that it's on its way to being that? Mm -hmm. I do. I okay. do think that, especially here in the province of Alberta. Um, I, You know, I, I can feel that, we can feel that shift happening, but of course at those bigger levels, those shifts yeah. tend to happen a little bit slower. Um, depending on who you are and what your needs are, there's going to be different types of funding and subsidy and all that kind right. of stuff available for you. So that might be something that just depending on the person, they would need to do a bit of research or the Agency or the family, whomever, right? Um, do a bit of research and see if this isn't covered by my um, medical insurance policy. You know, if I can't get reimbursement for this through whomever I'm insured by, um, is there other um, is there other funds out there that are available to me for this type of therapy? Um, because sometimes that's the case. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, uh, there are. There are resources out there around that, and it's, it's just tricky, right, because every province, every state, every every part of the world is going to have different, um, different things around that.
0: Right. Okay, I just have one last question for you that I like to ask kind of everybody. Um, is there a stigma or a misconception surrounding mental health? Um, music therapy related or not doesn't have to be um that bothers you the most or one that you hear most often that isn't true i know there's so many but
1: (laughs) i know they all bother me um the um the notion that mental health concerns are um self-fulfilling prophecies really bothers me um, where folks are like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm depressed and I'll always be depressed or, you know, mm-hmm. I have, you know, uh, and, and so just, there are lots of assumptions that come with different types of mental health concerns, but the notion that they are self-fulfilling prophecies, that your future, when you are diagnosed with a mental yeah. health concern is already written, that bothers me because it's not true. Absolutely. And, uh, um, and there is help out there you are not alone and you are so important your story is cannot be reduced to a diagnosis your story cannot be reduced to you know a few key words depressed person anxious person bipolar person mm-hmm. that is not enough to tell the world who you are or to, that is not the, that's not the fullness of how other folks experience you, you know? Yeah. Um, And there are so many things that can happen. There are so many circumstances that might shift the ground underneath you or um, the way you see yourself or the way others see you. Um, Some of them might be in your control and some of them might not. but your diagnosis is not a self-fulfilling prophecy and other people's diagnosis are not, you know, it's like, you don't get to look at someone and decide what their future is, but nor should, you know, nor should you, if you are someone living with a mental health concern, um, that doesn't decide your future and it doesn't give other people the right to assume anything about it there. And there are folks out there who will show you that and who will be, you know, who will be witness to that and who will remind you of that. You mm-hmm. know? Um and music is certainly one of the one of the things that proves, you know? Um, there's so much more to you than than just that thing. That one part of yourself. And I don't know if that answers that question. Yeah.
0: Oh, absolutely. I could not agree more. That was oh, I love that one. Yeah, I agree. Your diagnosis does not define you and or whether you're not diagnosed whichever that that is not who you are you're not that one thing you're so much more than that and I think a lot of people get kind of caught up in the labels yes but what people have to realize is that that's not your entire identity
1: yeah took a course recently through um the ctri the canadian trauma resource institute in winnipeg who are brilliant by the way um about narrative therapy and one of the things the instructor said that just you know how sometimes someone tells you something and it's like like yes (laughs) um he said we are multi-storied people and i was like yes thank you that's the thing i've been trying to explain yeah uh you know oh this is my story now I'm the person with this injury. I'm the person with, I'm the person with this illness. This is, this is my story. Now we are multi-storied people. Yes. I am the person with schizophrenia. Maybe one of your stories, but you are a mult and not, but, and you are a multi-storied person. Mm -hmm. You are someone's brother, sister, father, mother, son, friend you are musical, you are creative, you are so many things, you know, Um, you are, you know, I don't know what your job is or your vocation is or, but there are so many things that you are, you are a multi-storied person. And if we're gonna give weight, and, and of course, a mental illness carries weight, right? And we talked about this in this narrative therapy course about how different stories tend to carry different weight and the weight of a diagnosis, a mental health concern of any diagnosis or of any missing diagnosis, it can feel so heavy. It can, it can certainly have more weight than any of your other stories. Mm-hmm. And those other stories are there too. You know, it's, um, and it's about uh, finding ways to explore all of those different stories um, and to find ways to shift and carry that weight Um, and certainly to make sure you're not carrying all that weight all by yourself Mm -hmm. because we're not supposed to. Yes. You know, there's, there's humans don't typically live in a vacuum. Um, (laughs) we're not meant to carry it alone. And and that's why erasing the stigma is important. Um, because that's one of the other important parts of the multi-story people we are, is that we are social and community creatures. Mm -hmm. And you are meant to be seen and witnessed and you shouldn't have to change or be quote unquote well in order for that to be true for you. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent.
0: Well, that is all the questions that I had for you. Was there anything else that you wanted to touch on that we didn't uh, talk about?
1: I have a question for you if it's okay. Yeah. What motivated you to start this podcast?
0: Oh my goodness. That's a big question. Um... (laughs) Growing like up,
1: what is music therapy?
0: Yeah. <laughs> Growing up, I struggled with depression and BPD myself, and there was no really resources out there. People didn't talk about it. It was so taboo to talk about, um, and I felt like I was like the only person going through that, and so there was nothing out there, nowhere for me to turn. Uh, There was no resources for even my parents who couldn't really understand what I was going through. And so I really wanted to start this, especially during the pandemic when mental health and mental illness is um, not that it's becoming more popular, but kind of coming more to the forefront and people are, are realizing hidden traumas and things like that. And so people are starting to talk about it a lot more, but I think there's still a lot of work to do. And so I wanted to start this podcast for people to share their stories and to talk to different therapists and different resources for people who are struggling as well as people who are supporting them. So I just wanted to, yeah, the whole, the whole picture.
1: It's brilliant. Thank you for sharing said, yeah, I didn't really know what I was going through and I and I felt really alone. Um, did you ever use music?
0: No. No, I didn't. But I think I would have really liked that um, if I had that tool in my toolbox. And I'm still in my opinion, you can't really kind of recover from uh, mental illness like that. But you have different tools that help you manage that as you get older and I think I'm still I'm still on that healing journey so I'm super curious to try it out I'm totally gonna use this
1: and you know that's the other maybe that's one of those other big stigmas hey that um, if it can't be healed it's what (laughs) how did we decide that like there has to be a specific outcome it's for for many folks um, living with mental illness is a lifelong journey mm-hmm. and it's not about there being a cure or a solution yeah it is exactly like you said about coping about living fully about experiencing your life in in, in its full in its fullness
0: right mm-hmm.
1: um and living well whatever that looks like for you yeah and if it doesn't look like somebody else as well that doesn't matter <laughs> right yeah um yeah you know one of the things oh not long ago someone said to me we were listening to music and they said i listened to this song a lot when i first started experiencing what they were um, their mental health concern and and they said and it's different to listen to it now you know i can see how far i've come i can see how how it affects me differently now you yeah. know um and i i still remember that feeling i remember those early feelings and I I can see that today is a different day, mm-hmm. right? That's a lot of the time. That's what healing looks like. It's not linear.
0: Oh, not um, at all. You're right. One of the stigmas is that when you have this kind of label attached to you, like you have depression or anxiety or PTSD or something that you're going to live with for the rest of your life, then there's something wrong with you. And you're not... I don't know quote-unquote normal and you're just gonna be different for the rest of your life but like that one because of the label it's hard for people to understand that there's so much more to you than that
1: And that's why I say it's not a self-fulfilling prophecy yeah yeah you know it's yeah okay um, I am someone who uh, I certainly struggle with anxiety and mine is mine is directly related to grief um and you know i remember moving through some of the same things in the beginning of that journey that i moved through with my clients what if i'm different forever Mm -hmm. what if what if what if what if (laughs) yeah you know um and 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 walking through that journey um you know gave me a different appreciation for The truth of that statement that nothing nothing about your no mental health diagnosis is is um gets to decide for you yeah all things it might it might decide some things it might affect a few things for sure Mm -hmm. and and i don't say that to diminish again the weight of what it means to live with a mental health concern to live with any diagnosis um that that has the potential to change your life or your self-concept um, your relationships you know there's no diminishing that and at the same time it's just it doesn't get to decide for you yeah
0: okay so um, if people have more questions or want to reach out to you or to JB Music Therapy what is the best way for them to do that?
1: Mm, um. Our website is www.jvmusictherapy.com. And there's lots of resources. There's actually an entire resource section on our website uh, dedicated to music therapy research. Um, And a lot of it is population specific. So um, you can seek really specific information about, um, you know, what type of music therapy you're looking for. um, If you wanna get in touch with us and everything you need is there. if you're, um, you know, if you're someone uh, in a, in general looking for information uh, here in the province of Alberta, uh, you can search up the Music Therapy Association for Alberta, uh, the MTAA. Um, they can hook you up uh, with a therapist in your area. Um, if you want to know more about music therapy in Canada, you can uh, look for musictherapy.ca. That's the Canadian Association for Music Therapists. Um, the CAMT, that's our governing body. And, uh, they, they look after all things music therapy in, uh, in Canada. Um, and, uh, there's also, you know, I mentioned, uh, the world Federation of music therapy, music therapy all over the world. Um, and you can learn more about, um, you know wherever you're at in the world listening to this podcast you can learn more about music therapy around you um there's an american music therapy association as well the amta um and again if you're in a different province um most of your provinces here in canada all of them have um music therapy associations so you can look for that um and if you're elsewhere in the world um google music therapy near me (laughs) (laughs) if you're anywhere i haven't mentioned um there's again the World Federation can can certainly help you out and uh, and chances are you'll be able to find find somebody near you.
0: Oh, that's perfect! Awesome. Well, I want to thank you for joining me and taking the time to sit down and chat with me. I think this conversation was amazing, and I think just. Um, spreading music therapy or information around music, around music therapy is going to help so many people because I think it's one of those things that a lot of people just don't know about and you've never heard of before. Even though it's been around for a long time, it's just one of those, I guess, unconventional methods of therapy. So, yeah,
1: and yeah, you know, think, there's so much out there. Yeah. So much out there. Exactly. People are overloaded with information right now. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um. So, like, you you know, uh, we appreciate. Um. Thank you for reaching out to us on Instagram. Um. See, social media, the internet. There are like great things about it.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: it was so great to make that connection with you. Um. Thank you for reaching out to JV Music Therapy and thank you for taking the time to share about music therapy on your podcast. Um. And. And thank you for all that you're doing with this podcast. Um, Just like you said, this episode might benefit a lot of people. Uh, What you're doing is going to benefit a lot of people. So thank you so much, Alana, for having us.
0: Thank you. I appreciate that so much. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Feel free to reach out at any time. You can contact me on Instagram and Facebook at StompTheStigmaYYC. And you can email me at StompTheStigmaYYC at gmail.com. If you like the podcast, please like and subscribe on YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or Apple Podcasts. And if you or someone you know would like to come on, I would love to have you share your story, speak your truth, and together we can Stomp the Stigma.